When it comes to talking about mental health, our attitudes are improving and moving in the right direction. So why do so many of us still find it difficult to talk about our own experiences with poor mental health? My guest on this episode didn't just talk about her struggles. She wrote her own one-woman show called Broken Fanny. Actor and writer Emma Gerald wrote Broken Fanny to highlight the difficulties that new parents go through in the early days of parenthood, drawing upon her own experiences of loneliness and living under the dark cloud that is postnatal depression. Emma penned a compelling show, combining moments of sadness and side-splitting hilarity. Broken Fanny received rave reviews as part of the renowned Edinburgh Fringe Festival. We hear Emma's journey, including a brilliant story about a letter that she wrote to a bigwig, reminding them about the importance of kindness. Emma, hi, how are you? Hi, Chase. I'm very well, thank you. Good, lovely to see you. (laughs) How are you? How's things? I'm going to ask you that really annoying question that everyone's asking at the moment it's um how's lockdown well second time round it's funny because you kind of lose the adrenaline so mm-hmm. i feel like the first time round you know there was this sort of excitement attached to it because it was unknown everyone was in it together there were sort of memes flying around people were doing like many sketches you know it was all just like sort of hilarity as well as desperation and the second time round, we're just left with desperation. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Because we, we realise it's not funny anymore. It's um, not. Yeah. It's so definitely it's, the, the memes that are going around, like all of the ones like that you would get initially about, oh, I'm going to sit and drink all day or like all of those things that you would have chuckled at the first time round. Now I'm just yeah. like, whatever. <laughs> I don't even want to look at it. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I find them all sort of mildly irritating now, but then they don't come they don't come around that often anymore because um because no one could be asked making them because everybody is too busy like I don't know hiding under a sofa from their children or um <laughs> or whatever they're doing but it, yeah it, it's just I think it's because also everybody was really holding out for 2021 you know there was that real kind of like hey we just got to get to the end of this really shite year and then um then we all, there was a slow realization that 2021 just held more pain and more grief and kind of worse, actually, a worse situation. And it was just, and that coupled with the most kind of gloomy weather, like, uh, which also is like such a huge kind of global warming sign, you know. And usually London's in a real micro bubble. You usually get just such a kind of, um, I don't know I'm always I, my my West Country family are always really jealous of the amount of sunshine that we get in London and there's just there's nothing so you are you are literally locked indoors I guess because the lockdown before it began in March it was the beginning of spring it was yeah. sunny we had right up until and then you get to sort of October where then everyone obviously was kind of up for Christmas I mean I got my tree far too early it was literally <laughs> like a, shriveled kind of spiky horror show by the time we threw it out but (laughs) you know there was there was it was sort of there were there was stuff and then yeah kind of coming into 2021 it's just like oh my gosh when they were sort of still talking about restrictions being in place next Christmas it suddenly yeah felt a bit gloomier the positives are I think for me homeschooling is better 
because my child is my child who I am homeschooling is a year on and just used to it sort of sadly it's just kind of like oh it's this again is it you know so it's yeah, just a bit... such a shame isn't it the fact mm. that we're getting used to certain things yeah. um and I mean if you're anything like me I'm still resenting it and refusing to get used to anything so still kind oh. of throwing my toys out the pram of like no I don't want to do it yeah we I was talking with a friend the other day about this um little phrase that people are using it's a new normal it's a new, the new normal. normal. No, it's not a fucking new normal. No, <laughs> we will not have it be the new normal. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. I just yeah. want the old normal back. And I'll yeah, never whinge old... about it again, ever. Yeah. I won't complain. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and it, you know, it has. It's been been very, very challenging. And like you said, you know, the weather as well has just oh, been. Yeah. I mean, apart from the odd bit of snow, which has been quite nice oh. to have that little sprinkle oh my god we basically like ate it it was so exciting <laughs> it was like an injection of utter joy I've never been so delighted to see snow in my life it was like Disneyland yeah it was very exciting I mean yeah I, I just I couldn't help but just really look to that to smile a little bit do you know what I mean it's and even like I don't know the second bout of snow that we had but which was very light sprinklings that lasted for days but just didn't settle just seemed to add to the atmosphere it was quite nice wasn't it it was a it was a lovely I'm just appreciating it falling from the sky um we don't window just staring at it going yay still snowing <laughs> yeah well, normally give it two years ago be like bloody snow not going to be able to get out anywhere tomorrow <laughs> sort of thing. oh it's so changed um but yeah you mentioned there um briefly that you're currently in London at the moment so that's where you live and you've been there for you've been in London for how many years now so it's been since gosh yeah 20 yeah a good 20 something and was it and before that you actually you came originally from the west country didn't you yeah 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 i did um i yeah um born and bred somerset and then i went to university and did a music degree um in london and then i came back to go to bristol vic theater school um a drama school um so then went back to the west country for that and then when i graduated moved to london um, and I've been here for, yeah, 20, 20 odd years. Okay. And what was it? Why, why performing? What was it? Is that something? Because I know that you, your family have actually always been very artistic, haven't they? It's, it's always been something that's yeah. quite in you, um, both you and you've got two sisters who are very artistic as well. Um, so was there just a sudden of, oh, well, that's just what I'm going to do. That's just the way it's going to go. Or was there more to it? Yeah, yeah, I think well, we had a very musical upbringing because my mum's a musician um, and my dad's a headmaster, but a headmaster who liked to be, um, who who loved the stage. I mean, he, who he would take us up to London to see, we saw musical after musical and he would go and see musicals that would be kind of like in some church hall down some, or, or like the hut down Oh, some really? He would find, advertise somewhere. He'd buy the t-shirt, he'd buy the cassette. 
he would um <laughs> and he had them i've he's died but i have asked to keep his cassettes because they are one it is an incredible collection of i think every single musical like ever performed in this country over over decades because he just loved them so much and always just wanted to be supportive you know he was sometimes sometimes he was the only audience member oh um, wow he would, yeah, would leave with a cassette and like you know some signed program or you know having spoken to the cast and so he just he loved the art so much and he was a headmaster of a junior school um and when he arrived it was a private school and there were boarders and so the school would finish at three o'clock and these poor some of them tiny little boarders you know because you think junior schools like from six to 12 or whatever um they would just have nothing to do you know they'd be just directionless until bed yeah. so he just brought the arts big style to 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 the school and it was just amazing it was just bubbling and brilliant and creative and so I think I that's just was in my blood um and then what was really fun was that he had a headmaster's um you know apartment or whatever within the school because my mum kind of acted as like a guardian to all the young children as well yeah. and then when they all went home for the holidays we got to just play in the school including having the stage the costumes oh wow the, the, yeah the curtains the lights every it was amazing i mean it, it was amazing so then, yeah, it was definitely a natural progression for me. I, I went, I did a music degree because that was a very natural progression as well. And I, I just got a music scholarship to a school. So I did my A-levels and I, that was heavy music as well. And then I just sort of did that thing of not thinking and just just going to university because I thought that that was what I was supposed to do. And then halfway through my degree, I was kind of like, I, I want to be an actress. I, I don't, I, I completed my degree, but then I auditioned for Bristol Vic um, and got in and yeah, rest is history. Oh, fantastic. And so what was that like, especially in those early days, because everybody hears about this career, you know, everybody goes to London with the dream of being an actor, singer, dancer, performer, whatever it may be. And then obviously there's hurdles, isn't there? There's things that get in the way. Um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I've graduated. As long as I get an agent, it's fine. But actually your agent can get you in the door, can't they? But then mm. that's it. You've got to do the hard bit yourself. You've got to get the job. Um, and they can't necessarily get you in the door. No, true. This is very true. And so what, um, what was it that you found most challenging in those early days? Well, I think it's sort of, um, I think the the hope <laughs> attached yeah. to, to, to graduating, you know, and, and it, it's sort of almost a bit like motherhood in that you can, you can be directed, you can be sort of warned or whatever. But there is so much hope and excitement attached to it. It's very hard to, to kind of learn about the reality until you learn about it whilst you're doing it. Um, there can be some harsh lessons. It, it does make you a bit hardy. I, I, um, I definitely sort of toughened, I think, quickly. But also the great thing, the great thing certainly now more so is the online platform that you can build yourself. You know, yeah. if you've got, you know, there's a real opening for, for you to create your own work, which is amazing. And there was back then, but it was kind of more in the, it was, it was 
more of an effort in terms of sort of getting a space and totally. you know, selling come and see my recital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there were a few. Um, yeah, there was there there were a few. There was one point I think where I I definitely I definitely had enough um, of it because you could you could just you knew it was sort of part of the game and actually you just you just got to play the game and and you just you know I was pretty good at doing that, but what I what was tough I think was the way that you're rejected and it still is tough now because you know you're often um, just not told if you don't get a job yeah. so you just you get to the point where you know that they're rehearsing or filming and you're like, well, I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That means I haven't got the job. Um, but there was one point where there was this thing called, I think it was called PCR or something. It was this magazine thing you could subscribe to. Actually, it was just not great. It was, it was, it just had thing. It, it basically had, what people were casting what was going on but it was often kind of I think it was either it was either it really I think what it was good for was more kind of fringe things okay. because there was a lot of kind of like Hubbard casting you know this blockbuster movie and you'd be like oh great dear Hubbards um I'd really like to be seen for blah, 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 you know and then <laughs> You, it was just obviously the, the the letter would be binned and that was it and but I continued to write because that was something that Bristol Vic um the head of Bristol Vic really encouraged he, they, he was like just keep writing keep writing keep writing so I kept writing and I got the most horrible rejection from this particular casting director that enraged me so much um it was just she was basically pissed off with the magazine. She she was kind of like, I don't know why they keep, um, uh, you know, advertising my my stuff. Um, I I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want anyone to write to me. And it, it was so mean. And it was it was sort of only a few years after drama school, so I was still sort of a bit fresh. Yeah. Um, uh, and it just yeah enraged me. So I wrote back and um, basically said really horrible things back. <laughs> I just told her she was really rude really horrible um there was no way to kind of treat people um but I I wrote I kind of puked on a page and then I didn't sign it um I thought I'm not going to sign it because she is actually a really massive casting director but I'm still going to send it. so I did this sort of half half sort of chicken shit thing and uh, but I did send it so I sent it to her by post handwritten Brilliant. and um, uh, yeah but didn't sign it didn't think anything of it and then six months later my agent said oh you've got um you've got a casting for for, for this woman she's um uh yeah she's she's casting a telly thing and she wants to see you for it and I was like oh my god oh right okay oh that's good um how funny I was just slagged her off in a letter six months ago <laughs> um turned up to this casting it was really awkward I felt really awkward when I got in the room I was kind of like this is weird it feels it, it feels weird and um her assistant I read the part she, she was there with her assistant I read the part and um you know afterwards she was kind of like yes um yes that was very good yeah and then uh, <laughs> her assistant said shall I shall I pop out now um and she went yeah yeah I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And the assistant popped out and then she turned to me and she went, um, just before you go, Emma, 
I just want to know what propelled you to, to write that really shitty letter. I was like, fuck, how the fuck did she know? Um, and uh, uh, is it right to swear, by the way? You have been, so let's crack on. <laughs> no, it is. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. So, yeah, I would then just went, oh, my God, oh, my God. And uh, uh, I and I just thought, right, OK, this is this is sink or swim, really. You can you can own it. And in that moment, I was kind of like you because I, I it really kind of took me back. I, I didn't sign it. I was like, how the hell did she know? And um, so I just said, uh, I wrote it because your letter was vile. Um, and uh, I said, it was just, it, when we had this whole conversation about it, I just said, it just made me feel really shit. It was just a really, really awful thing for somebody to receive. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to make it like everybody else. Um, and she said to me, what am I supposed to do? I receive hundreds of these letters every week. What am I supposed to do? And I was like, bin it, just bin it. Yeah, like, do whatever it does and don't respond. Yeah. We, we don't expect to hear back from the Hubbards or you, I won't say yeah. them. They've just been it and, and, and I will forget about it kind of thing. Um, and actually at the end, and I said to her, how did you know, by the way, how did you know it was me? She went, I matched the handwriting. I was going to so say went, that. Oh, clever. She went through, she went through all previous letters, unbinned letters, crazy, and, um, and matched the handwriting and, and, and got me in. Wow. So did she get you in just to do that? Or yeah. did you get the job? I didn't get the job. She no. didn't it was it wasn't it wasn't right for me at all. She just got me in to brilliant to, to face me. Well, but that's it's a story. Of, yeah, yeah. She said she said thank you for that advice. And she said couldn't let um you never know, uh, good things can come out of bad situations like this. And then she put her hand out and said, peace, and we shook hands. Ah, very yeah. good. You mentioned that there were a few times when things felt like they were getting a bit tough or like, you, you know, there was moments where you weren't enjoying it and, and stuff like that. And you really had to sort of like stay on the track. Was there any any sort of like other avenues that you would have gone down or anything that you were slightly considering? Or was it just very much a thought that you knew you were going to pull yourself back to things? No, I'd never put a time on it because it's it's very hard to put a time on it as well because because of the hope attached to this career. Yeah. You know, there's always there's always that story or there's always kind of that job or or and it's not but also you quickly realize that there's sort of, you know, apart from a very, very, very small percentage of people, but even then I don't know if you, you know, there's not really like a making it moment you know there's there's you realize that you just want to be able to earn your keep by doing what you love yeah so you know a making it moment yeah that that can happen you know to a very very kind of elite few where there's an actual sort of big moment but then you'll often discover that there was a big old journey behind it it's just no one knew about it you know totally um, and that's something that I've always really loved like um talking to you over the years and just knowing that you're very much doing the career that you want to do and that's the that's kind of the be all and the end all isn't it it's in like you're yeah. earning money doing exactly what you love doing and I think that's the common myth from people outside the industry they always look at like you said that those words of make it are you going to make it sort of thing mm. Um, mm. and it's actually not that at all it's, it's one of those it's yeah. one of the very few jobs in the world that 
you do it for the passion and the love and yeah. everything else is just uh, as long as you're getting paid for it and, and doing what you love doing then that's that's it really isn't it yeah yeah it really is yeah this this whole sort of you know the catchphrases of make it or break it and all of that it's just kind of it just doesn't you know obviously I'm not saying it's not tough and that it's not you know especially the arts don't have lots of cash and so mm -hmm. you know it is it is you often find and I would say that actually advice to kind of young people people kind of coming into the career is be prepared to to work in a shop um yeah. and to to do something else to support yourself because uh, you know it's 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 hard to live off it and often you'll find like for example my husband has found the last couple of years um he's been able to live entirely off it but by doing adverts which is great but his passion is in theater so it's it's, yeah. it's kind of that well, I'm really uh, really grateful for for to be able to you know support myself and my family but um I'd, I'd also love to do a 450 pound a week job yeah in, in, you know on stage because that's where my passion is but you know you can't after your agent's cut and and now with the disastrous status in it's, it's everybody's going to take a bit of a hit you know you you have to be prepared to support yourself with other things and hope you know one day you might be able to not but be prepared to um, if that's what you really want to do. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because something that I've found more recently in the last few years is people who are coming fresh out of drama school or dance college or, or wherever they've been and, you know, I've, I've had a chat with them about, you know, having a teaching job or something like that. There is this kind of, this new wave of, it's not like it used to be, there's this new wave of, oh, well, I, but I've, I went to this drama school right okay great but what teach well I haven't got any teaching quote but, but I know that I can teach because I went here and it's like right okay and actually I'm not going to take anything less than this and I'll only work for this and all of that sort of business and they're what's that making that sort of those demands that you'd expect I don't know Naomi Campbell to make <laughs> do you know what I mean it's all this sort of you know actually my drama school told me that I shouldn't accept this and I shouldn't do anything for less than this and I shouldn't do that and that's actually not what the industry is about in the beginning you graft don't you you start from the bottom you work your way up and you and you really earn, you know earn your place and and get to know your craft while you're doing it yeah yeah you really do yeah you and it's just a, that attitude will soon change <laughs> when yeah. you realize that, that that you you can't make demands it makes demands on you and you have to um you have to fit into it you know and and some people you know are, are sort of either fortunate or well placed or or you know ha have you know managed to fit into something at the time or you know there are sort of trends and you know even kind of the 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 baby trend you know it's now I reckon you know with sort of social media and everything there's a bit there's a big voice about it and therefore there's a platform for it you yeah. know that it, it, it's sort of and I fitted nicely into that you know whereas I wouldn't have done 20 years ago well, because <laughs> I didn't have a baby and because it sort of wasn't there you know so it's, sort of, it's yeah it's it's not it's it's smooth if you surrender to it rather than coming in and making demands on it yeah, totally. I was listening to a podcast um, with Daisy May Cooper, 
who oh, I yeah. absolutely adore. I mean, oh, she is fabulous, isn't she? Talk about but keeping it real, my God. Keeping it real, like in every yeah. sense. If that was in the dictionary, her name would be under the word, under, under keeping it real. Um, yeah. But she, she's absolutely fantastic. And actually one thing that she really hits home with was, yeah, I went to RADA, you know, which is RADA Ooh. and held in high regard. But I literally then went straight into nothing. As in, I was yeah. working nights in a cleaning job with not even two pennies to rub together kind of thing. But what I really want to talk about your one woman show, which we'll come on to in a minute, because it was absolutely bloody amazing. Um, what do you do, um, especially now in such a difficult time, to stay well and look after yourself? Is there anything that you do other than the general sort of like fitness or anything like that? Do you have your own little mantras or anything that you do? Um, no, it's about sort of finding your own space. And again, it's, it's sort of to come back to that kind of surrender word as well. I think sometimes when I fight something and when I want something that I'm simply not going to get, uh, you know, like sort of space and freedom in a situation like this, I think, you know, to go, right, I've just got to kind of give in to the situation. And so something like so something that I've discovered that I really like doing is painting. Um, okay. and, um, As in picture painting, painting, art painting or yeah, like? art painting. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, watercolours. Um, oh. it's, it's actually something in actually uh, one of my out of acting jobs um, is looking after uh, a beautiful lady with Alzheimer's. And before lockdown, there was this... Um, uh, dementia art club that we used to go to um, and we were taught by these two incredible girls um, artists who would just you know we, we we would they would have a new theme each week and it was amazing and I just absolutely loved it and I've and uh, for Christmas uh, um, people have bought me a few little acrylic moments oh wonderful um, and I actually really, I just, I really enjoy that. And my eight-year-old is really into art. So sometimes, so I've I never managed to do that alone. Um, but I do find that a really lovely. And it's, it's sort of surrendering to the fact that I won't, you know, I probably, I don't even know if I would sort of set it all up on my own. But the fact that Els can do it with me as well, yeah. we'll just, yeah, we'll sit and sort of, you know, do a little, do a little paint job. Oh, um, nice. so yes, I suppose, I suppose that, um, is it boring to say cleaning? I don't know what it is about. Emma, I do my best <laughs> thinking when I'm cleaning. I do my best thinking in two places, no, three places, yeah. walking in the bath and cleaning. Yeah. And when I'm stressed, I clean and I get, and it helps me process as well. It really, really helps me because I'm, I'm alone and and I I just yeah I don't know what it is it, but it is that is something yeah like you say other than the obvious um sort of exercisey things that that I do um I just I love a good clean yeah it just it, yeah especially of an evening I love cleaning at night not cleaning at night time but I love having a good tidy at night time because there's nothing nicer yeah. than waking up to a tidy home oh I don't go to bed without plumping cushions no, 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 absolutely. And I don't know whether I get it. My nan, bless her, she, uh, what a delight, but she um, had this thing that used to really make me chuckle. And I don't know if I get it from her, but she um, would never go to bed on a, on a messy house because she was like, she couldn't bear the thought of if somebody burgled the house at nighttime, they would see the house in a mess. <laughs> 
Oh, which used to really make me chuckle. Um, yes. So it does I like think good pants, isn't it? Just in case you get in an accident. Oh, always. That's my thought. I couldn't bear the thought of wearing holy socks or you know, in case I got hit by a car and taken to hospital and then I'm there with holy socks. <laughs> oh, how awful. You appeared at Edinburgh Fringe Festival mm. with um, your one woman show, um, which was called uh, Broken Fanny. And it actually tells a really compelling story, doesn't it? But something that's very personal to you. Um, but you decided to put it out there in an art form to sort of, and you know, it was about your postnatal depression. So I had huge admiration for you when not only was it something that you were probably really struggling to deal with, but when you did get to a moment when you were starting to sort of process it, you were like, right, I'm going to write this down and I'm going to put it out there for people to, to hear and to watch, which is massively brave. And I take my hat off to you a million times over because, you know, not many people could do that. So what was your your reasoning behind that? What was what was that first thought that you thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to make something out of this? I think it was when I sort of dared to admit um that things weren't great I think then to the the response I got from other women which was one of utter relief yeah <laughs> um was kind of like oh my gosh this is we're, we're not we're not talking about this I mean now I I feel like you know that was I think I can't remember how long ago the Edinburgh Festival was but it was sort of it feels like within the last few years it's really um you know, with the, the online platforms, you know, mothers who have who have taken to these platforms and have spoken out is 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 incredible now. It's kind of everywhere. And I feel like there's a massive support network out there. But there wasn't. It was mm. just beginning, I think, when I did Broken Fanny. And I think uh, the response from, yeah, when I when I started to sort of go, you know, this is, this isn't great, is it? <laughs> you know, um, moments of sort of desperation. Yeah. You then, you find another, another hand in the dark and you're like, oh my gosh, this, this feels amazing. My, my, my feelings haven't gone away in terms of my struggle is still there, but, but the kind of, you know, I was sort of desperate to, to then get this message across a simple message of you are not alone um to, to to women who were perhaps feeling the same way and um I have to just say that my uh you know the postnatal depression I I was never diagnosed with it it was just it was one of those things that I feel like I definitely had I was definitely um you know it, it's it was it was such a sort of an area for me of kind of like god because people were also bandying this um baby blues thing around which yeah. is just yeah yeah awful term you know it's it sort of comes with a pat on the head dear thing she's got yeah everything just gets sort of categorized without any real thought going into it or without oh. any personalization to anything it's like oh you've got this yeah. then oh it'll be that oh that's what it will be do you know what I mean there's no oh let's listen to you and actually let's let's help you yeah yeah exactly and it was and I think like I was saying it, it, it is much more now because because women are much more vocal mm. about it and it is that it's not such a taboo and there's not so much shame surrounding it so it, it feels an easier thing to admit and um, I did actually go to the doctor um, a couple of times 
saying, I think I'm depressed, sent by friends. Um, and I got sent home with Valium, um, which was wonderful. Um, <laughs> Think uh, <laughs> of Valium with a glass of red wine. It was lovely. Um, but, it, uh, <laughs> but it wasn't really, the support wasn't there. Whereas I think, I think, I hope people are much more listened to now, but there's still a real journey to go. And yeah, I think terms like baby blues, it just, there's something so sort of, oh, I don't know what it is. Just it's so quite blasé, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of slightly cutesy as well. I don't know what it is. It's a, it's like everything surrounding babies is, you know, all the adverts are all just so sort of perfect and white and fluffy and cute. And, you know, she's got baby blues was just sort of part of that. And it just yeah. you actually, you know, you can go through a right old trauma giving birth and then you're expected to you know, you, you often don't sleep as well after giving birth. You're often awake for, for hours and hours. And then you come back and you'll, you continue to be awake because this newborn creature doesn't sleep. <laughs> and yeah. the, the, that sleep deprivation alone is going to send you round the bend. So it's just kind of, yeah. And, and that with kind of your body isn't yours, you know, wearing adult nappies for however long and and you know the nipple situation is agony the breastfeeding is a whole nother world of pain that you're not told about as well um you know it's supposed to be it just they everyone just made it sound so easy just oh kind of latch like, and they'll latch on and they'll latch on yeah <laughs> they won't yeah um, and yeah again shame surrounding that um so so and then being a performer it was just kind of like well I can I can meld two worlds and and I can tell this story. I've got I've got the skills um so I just need to and I, I jotted things down in in my book of doom I think as I've gone along I just sort of written down either things that I found very funny well all things that found or you know sort of funny and awful I mean adult nappies is kind of funny but it the reality is it's awful awful yeah because um, I think yeah. you're you're very similar to me aren't you in the in, in the fact that even when something not great is happening like in life I can yeah. immediately see the funny side and how much yeah. I'm going to laugh about it in a week's time yeah. sort of thing yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's, there definitely needed to be humour in this, I think, because it, it just otherwise people will just come and be so depressed. Mm. Um, and there needed to be hope as well, which there utterly is, you know, that, that you and when you share these stories of kind of, you, you know, and you end up sort of comparing never compared nappies with people but you know you <laughs> talking about experiences with other women it is it is sort of you know laugh and cry situations and it just it does really kind of um lift you and give you hope that 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 you will and the more you share about this because it does I just sort of couldn't believe that it would get better um but but it but it does it, it just does and sort of hearing somebody and you sort of think that no one's been through that you think that everybody's enjoying it you think mm -hmm. you're just on your own it's almost did you find you don't speak about it were there moments yeah. of like actually I can't because yeah I have heard stories of this but if I say something everyone's going to start treating me differently yeah yeah especially because I had um I had high expectations in a nice way from people because they they thought that um they thought that I'd be a really natural mum 
they they thought I'm you know I'm a nurturing friend I love my friends I love my family um and I think people just thought that I would absolutely take to it and that I would just be you know people it was kind of you know, friends and family would say oh you're gonna you'll be a natural and that was really hard you know well I'm I'm not turns out I'm not that yeah was very hard admit. oh I can imagine I can imagine I didn't feel like I was no 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 and one thing that you know I said I was really fortunate enough to to be able to come and watch Broken Fanny and I I thought it was so aptly named I thought you know what it this is one of those situations where you know we need to poke the humor at it to make people feel comfortable about it you know to to sort of open that that conversation um but it is exactly like you say you laced it with with comedy it had um hope in it it had moments of sadness you know there was moments where I was sat there and I I didn't know whether the tear rolling down my cheek was through you know feeling sad for a moment or through sheer joy and laughter um and it was it was it was very very good and there was one moment that always sticks out to me in particular um and it kind of just highlights the expectations of new mums, I think, where in, in it, I think you had a line that said something like, oh, we're allowed to go to the pub. And it, it was just that sort of moment of, yeah, you can, you can be a mum and you can be yeah. perfectly normal and, and your baby can, can sleep next to you while you have a glass of wine. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. that lovely sort of element of, yeah, let's just be human. Yeah, yes. Well, this, yeah, this broken Fanny story was as that she hadn't sort of, she, she sort of, because you can luck out with your NCT groups or whatever groups that you decide to do or whatever. And it's about kind of um, continuing the search until you find your people. Don't, you know, because there was, I, I, in this situation, this woman had not sort of found her people. She'd, she'd found somebody who, was just into doing the classes and <clears throat> the baby yoga, um, the massage, the all of that, and and sort of hadn't realised that you were you were allowed to just do normal things like go to the pub. And she hadn't sort of discovered discovered that world yet. Yeah, yeah. It's gosh, it must be such a lonely world for. It can be desperately lonely. Yeah. There's there's um especially I remember around five, six o'clock when you're approaching the night and you just don't know what you're going to get. And this feeling of dread, I remember feeling, God, as as you're approaching that time of sort of, you know, bath and and, uh, a feed and then, you know, you're going to try and put them down, but you just know there's, you know, there's a horror show lying ahead of you. And at the same time, the rest of the world in your head is leaving work or you know deciding what they're going to go and do for the evening you know go and um yeah we're going to go to the cinema we're going to go to the pub we're going to stay and have a meal what we're going to do you know and you just feel so isolated from all of that you just feel so lonely you just think god I'm just I'm just at home terrified of my baby yeah (laughs) and the fact that I'm going to get no sleep at night and wake up in the morning no happier you found your way out of that you know you've got you had your your coping mechanism which which was to write about it um and to put it out there which is great and you know you received some fantastic reviews for for that show as well um and i believe after edinburgh fringe you also you performed it in london as well didn't you at some point yeah yeah so i spent a year 
doing amazing gigs. It was incredible and it was so nice. I had the confidence as well from doing um, from doing it in Edinburgh and at the Edinburgh Festival, you know, it was kind of, you know, the it was really tiny and people would pass, you know, I would say, I would see all my audience members as yeah. I came out and people and talk to me and I'd have kind of you know women in their 60s as well kind of saying that they wished that this kind of thing you know that that I was around saying these things when they were when they were mothers and, and yeah. it was really nice to hear kind of to, to to hear kind of live feedback from people and and to chat through so it was kind of then it just felt like a very natural step and yeah it was I was approached by people who had either heard about the show or seen the show and they had yeah just various gigs um, or events um, I did some charity events as well and uh, yeah so I spent a year continuing to do it um, and it was it was great and then recently I was it last year yeah I got um, Arts Council funding to develop a, an online life for it, um, ah. which was incredible. I, I made some amazing music videos. I and then because you did like Baby Days, which was, days, you yeah. rewrote the lyrics to Happy Days. Yes, yes, yeah, which was, yeah. yeah, I did, yeah, that uh, that was, um, yeah, Every Day's a Baby Day. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I did Danish Babies Don't Cry, and Danish Babies Don't Cry was actually, because that's another thing, these stupid articles, because you often, you know, in your sleepless nights, um, often you, you'll turn to your phone and, you know, just have a sort of scroll and wait, you know, I, it's so hard sometimes to just go back to sleep when the baby sleeps. And so I'd often find myself sort of scrolling through things and just so many unhelpful articles that you know because you you'll find yourself sort of maybe googling something to do with you know your baby sleeping and then inevitably some stupid titled thing will come up um and this was something about why do British babies not oh, cry and Danish ones don't or something it was just stupid and I read it and it was just it was the most it was it was so unhelpful. It was so, I don't know who was writing, who, what they were thinking, because the, the, pe the people who are going to be reading this article will be crazed, sleep-deprived women at 3 a.m. So I was just so furious that somebody had written such a stupid, based-on-nothing dick article. It's so um, airy-fairy, isn't it? It's like when you're in that situation, when you're, when you're writing to an audience, especially a fragile audience, yeah. You want you want to be giving solid advice, steps, yeah. things you can actually do, not oh you know let's throw a few feathers around and everything will be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, it was yeah. There was nothing helpful. Really annoyed me. So, so I wrote a, I wrote a, a pop song about it. Dolly <laughs> was Dolly um, was. I can't remember a couple of months old or something because because I because I actually read that article as a sleep deprived mother yeah but luckily it was my second one I it was rather than it sending me into some great doom and gloom that I wasn't a jot Danish um it it made me just angry and respond right something <laughs> yeah yeah oh no and what do you think it is that so now that you've you've done a lot of work around that topic. 
Um, mm. And I'm guessing you must have spoken to a lot of people about that as well. You know, different people, like you said, people would come up to you and sort of sh share their experience with you. What do you think, and what is the main reason why people don't speak out other than other than shame? Is there is there like a, everybody has this preconceived idea when you're pregnant that there is this formula to how you do it and look at how fantastically my friend's doing it over here and look how fantastic my friend's doing it over there. But actually, I'm just really not getting along with it. Um, it would you say that it's, you know, anything else around that that, maybe causes that sort of feeling or the reason why they don't speak about it is it this sort of slight keeping up appearances thing i'm i i, I don't exactly know because the the I, I i sort of think shame and fear are the two big things because mm. it's such a fall is the problem because also all the stuff that you've you know you go out you i don't know there's 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 feeling like such a fool I think as well because there's the excitement whilst you're still pregnant and all the you know the choices you make you know when you go to some gleaming department with the most sort of beautiful uh, you know you're, you're choosing your little cribs and your little dangly toys and your baby grows and and new nappy it all just looks so so lovely and then I think you just feel like such an idiot. I think I, I felt like such a fool. I was just kind of like, oh God, look at all this, all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and here I am not uh, sort of having a really bad time. Um, and it's a, it's a very, just a really, I think it's just a really hard thing to sort of, a, uh, you know, to say, isn't it? It's a really hard thing to share. Yeah. Um, and I think also I felt very fortunate I know that I had friends who struggled to get pregnant as well and I think I um knew that I was um supposed to feel very lucky I knew I was very lucky um I, that we didn't struggle um so I I found it embarrassing I think as well just to sort of a you know and and um yeah like it was just really unfair that yeah that I wasn't loving it and that somebody else would. Yeah. Um, you should think yourself lucky almost. Yeah, yeah. 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 Get on with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, you obviously turned it into very much into a positive thing and, you know, hats off to you for, for being so open. Mental health is such a huge thing that, you know, glad, you know, I'm so glad that nowadays we talk about it that bit more, not enough, yeah. mind you, but we, we really are starting to talk about it and recognise it and just chilling the hell out with everyone. Do you know what I mean? As in like, let's stop all the expectations of how you've got to behave and, and, and the way that you've got to do things. And I think parenting really is one of those, isn't it? There's so many where you should be doing it like this and breast is best and, you know, everything that's kind of thrown at you in that direction. When actually, I think if everyone just chills out and kind of muddles through in their own little way, I think we'll all, <laughs> all be that little bit happier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's the questions as well that I think if you're, you know, one of the questions that was asked me was, do you love it? Like, mm. and with a, such expectation, you don't ask that question unless you think the answer is going to be yes. Yeah. And it's very hard to answer that question. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, yeah, uh, it's th that kind of thing. Yeah, you, I think in support of other people, just 
yeah, just be careful with what you ask a, a first time mum with a yeah, tiny baby. Yeah. Are you loving it? Do you love it? No, I'm knackered and I hurt. You know, if you catch them in that moment where it's just, and it isn't, you know, it, it can be, it can be a sort of blanketed long time for some women. It can be, it, it lifted for me, thankfully, after a few months. Um, but you can sort of dip in and out as well. It's, it's very different for, for every woman, I think. Um, yeah. So it's just about sort of supporting that. Yeah. Having an awareness. So you mentioned that you've been, you know, made a few music videos, which are all very fun, but still very to the point. Um, have you got anything else sort of lined up? Any any other sort of projects in, in the pipeline? I mean, I know it's tricky at the moment, isn't it? That it's so unpredictable what we can do and what we can't do. But um, Or is there anything that you would like to start doing or work on? Well, Broken Funny still is still kind of around. I'm not I'm not done with it. We'd we'd started talking with um a theatre to uh do it again. I was gonna do um with the Arts Council uh money I'd started to I'd developed the show. I wanted to change a few bits to it and I wanted to add some of the stuff that I'd filmed as well. I wanted to add some some of the new sections. So that was kind of I was gearing towards that in 2020 um and obviously that didn't happen so so that's what something i want to kind of strike up again what would you say are and this doesn't have to be related to being a mum this can be anything in life what would you say are the worst piece of advice that anyone's ever given you and the best piece of advice that anyone's ever given you i think well to do with having a baby one of the worst sort of it doesn't sound particularly offensive but <laughs> it crops up a lot um was enjoy it just enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> it was like sorry what now um <laughs> it was just it, it, it just it doesn't sound yeah particularly bad but it was kind of like it'll just you know be gone before you know it um so just enjoy it i don't know how to do that <laughs> <laughs> It was it was it, yeah that that didn't uh that didn't work for me i'm guessing um, did that thought used to crop up in your mind whenever you were sort of like i don't know clearing up sick off the floor or you know changing a bed for the 17th time that week and, and all yeah. of those sorts of things yeah bleeding nipples just enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah yeah um and then I don't know, I suppose I, I suppose to come back to maybe an earlier thing that I've already said, but you are not alone. You are never mm. alone. You know, there's there are there, you know, there are other people in that situation. You reach out, you will find them. We've got International Women's Day on the 8th of March. Um, mm. which um and you know congratulations to you because you are a fantastic woman um just a fantastic human being um full stop so but was there anybody other than you know we all really love our mums and, and our families and stuff like that but was there anybody to you that whether it be someone that you idolized but never knew maybe like a you know someone on television or or you know a writer or an author or something like that or or maybe it was someone you knew but was there anyone that particularly you like, you are a fantastic woman and you really looked up to them? I found her so inspiring. Uh, Lena Dunham, who wrote Girls, 
Yes. Okay. And, and, and she's like two, you know, she's, she's so young and she's just sort of, I just found her so inspirational kind of any, any article she wrote, anything she had to say. And, and I remember her saying it was something like um, uh, her being in awe of anybody who feels like their story should be told or should be heard, um, especially if it's a woman. And um, I've quoted not that, but something, it's a similar quote on my, on my website. And I just, I, I don't know what it was about, because that's a sort of late, you know, obviously I had, like you say, kind of amazing women in my family and, um, but there was, so she came, you know, I can't remember when girls kind of hit and I, I, I don't know what it was about her. She was just sort of strong and brilliant and intelligent and supportive and, um, yeah, just kind of did put all her very young energy into into to lifting other women and 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 kind of like wanting them to shine in in a really sort of selfless way considering that she just kind of come into the spotlight herself she felt like a really kind of brilliant generous human and especially that she was so young you know I was just a dick in my 20s and she's <laughs> kind of you know just just being profound yeah so yeah uh, Lena Dunham I think so just before we wrap up um, and I want to say thank you so much for being so open and honest with with your story um, and hopefully um, anybody who listens to this it will be a bit of an eye-opener and maybe like you said it might be the hand in the dark that that moment of whether like you know actually okay now that I've heard this I feel okay to reach out and tell somebody that I'm not feeling great um, but before we do go Emma where can people find out more about you? Broken Fanny website um it's just brokenfanny.com i think yeah it's got my music videos on as well oh wonderful it's links to the danish babies and all of that and also it's got uh, an email address so you can get in touch with me but i will update it when i do that again and that's yeah that's that that's probably the best way to get through to through i'm mm -hmm. on instagram as well i was going to say what's your what's your instagram handle what how um do Broken people find Fanny. you Fabulous. I think it's broken dash fanny, I think it's this is terrible. I should know these things. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. But do you know what? It's lovely that you don't, because it means that we don't all have to know absolutely everything and be perfect all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, Emma, thank you so much for giving your time. And it's been a real eye-opener. It's been lovely talking through your journey. And um, well, I will be looking out for broken fannies in the future. Yay. <laughs> Thank, Thank you very James. much. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.